0: Hi, I'm Elena Joe, and this is episode number 29 of Big Picture Relationships. Boundaries don't have to be mean. Lots of times in our lives, we have to set parameters, set expectations, and draw lines for healthy relationships and interactions. Why is that so tricky to do sometimes? And we often worry that it's going to hurt people's feelings or hurt the relationships that we want so badly. Let's talk today about three clear ways that boundaries don't have to be mean. Thanks for joining me. This is Big Picture Relationships with Elena Jo, a therapist sharing insights, ideas, and real-life pep talks that encourage you to expand your perspective, maybe shift some behaviors, and make the most of real-life relationships so you can live a happy life right now. In the last year, I've had the same type of conversation many times. I have multiple friends who have adult siblings or really close family members who are addicted to substances, and that's always a messy awful heartrending situation but when it's an adult in your life it kind of lays a different sort of boundary around it So I'm going to combine a bunch of stories to into one story to illustrate some points here today as we talk about boundaries So in her late teens Emily got into substances and, You know, flirted with them weekends, late nights, got in trouble with her parents, would get grounded, but toward the end of high school got a few charges and even had a driving under the influence ticket. And so parents had to get involved in legal fees, court, and as you can imagine, there's, there's a lot. Parents get way involved in this, so Emily after that went off to college and quickly got back into trouble. And you can imagine all the various courses that this story could take. Do you quit college and go to rehab? Do you come home and have mom and dad drug test you and create this whole situation? Do you find a therapist and NA and keep going to college and keep making it happen? Like lots of different things could happen here. Every family handles it a little bit differently. Keep this example in mind as I use it to teach a few different things today about healthy boundaries. Boundaries that don't have to be mean. Okay, the first thing I want to say is that boundaries should be clear and enforceable and enforced. Okay, that's three things, but we're just going to merge them all here together because they they fit so closely. Let's start though with enforceable. Saying don't do drugs or you can't do drugs is not a boundary. You have no control over that. You can't watch your loved one every moment of the day. However, this would be an enforceable boundary. You cannot have drugs in my house. Or you cannot be in the influence and around my family. Those are boundaries that you can enforce. They're also very clear because you're laying clearly out what the expectation is and what to do or not do. Now you need to enforce them also. Once you've got a clear boundary that's enforceable, meaning it's an appropriate boundary, you also have to actually enforce it. So if you let it slip, if you let things go by, and you don't stand up for that boundary, it actually goes back to being mean, because then it becomes unpredictable when you're actually going to speak up and enforce that boundary. If adult drug addicted Emily is staying at your house and you can all tell that she's under the influence things aren't quite right and you just kind of quietly awkwardly let it go because it's not worth confronting her then trying to confront it later and saying hey I have this boundary that you can't be at my house under the influence there will be a lot more hurt feelings because you've already been letting it slip set a clear enforceable boundary right at the beginning and enforce it Now, I know not all boundaries are about drugs. There's lots of different kinds of boundaries. That's just a good story. So a boundary, you might say, please don't yell at me. And then guess what? If someone is yelling at you, you remove yourself. You can't make them go away because remember that episode, boundaries are about you. So if you have a boundary that you don't want your child or your partner or your coworker yelling at you, you get up and move yourself. That's a clear boundary don't yell at me. It's enforceable because you can actually move. And now you need to enforce it. You actually get up and remove yourself. Okay, the second important thing to know about boundaries is that the best boundaries are businesslike. That's a lot of Bs. B-B-B. Best boundaries are businesslike. In Emily's adult drug history, her parents said, We've done all we can, and we won't be paying for any more of your court fees or anything to help out your poor life choices. There we go. Clear and enforceable. It's clear. We've done all we can, and we will no longer be paying or financially supporting you. And it's enforceable because mom and dad can enforce that. And... It's very businesslike. Do you hear how unemotional that is? Because let me give you an example of what an emotional boundary about this would be. We've given you so much and you keep throwing it away and we just can't take it anymore. No more. We are giving you nothing else. Can you hear that? Like, can you hear what an emotional boundary? And I hope that you can hear my mom voice and that would push your buttons too. So, of course, it would push Emily away. If you care about a relationship and you want to maintain your relationship, even with boundaries in place, we're going to talk about that more in number three here in a quick second, you need to be businesslike in setting these boundaries. Unemotional boundaries preserve relationships. Emily might feel shamed and ostracized by that emotional exclamation of boundary, But her logical mind might actually accept the fact like, all right, yeah, I guess my parents have done enough and I'm on my own now. And it won't have all these negative feelings toward her parents, hopefully, or at least more likely. When my tween daughter asks me when she can get a tattoo and when my clear business like boundary says, not until you're 18. And when you're on your own and supporting yourself, you can make those choices. She doesn't need a lecture from me. She doesn't need a big emotional response because she already knows what I think about it. So a clear business-like statement about what the boundary is regarding tattoos in my household shows her respect because I'm respecting, hey, yeah, someday you got to choose that. And it gives her a clear understanding. Telling your neighbors, please don't let your dog poop on my lawn anymore is a clear business-like boundary. And it's less likely to disrupt neighborly relations than an emotional plea. Like if you were saying, my toddlers roll around on that lawn and sometimes eat the grass and we don't really like dogs at my house. So can you please get control of your animal? Yes, those of you who are dog lovers, that's probably pushing your buttons because of all the emotion in that versus a clear, hey, please don't let your dog poop on my lawn. When people hear that clear and business-like boundary that doesn't have a lot of emotion attached to it, they are more likely to follow your boundary without ill feelings. Now, the third thing to teach about boundaries today is that you can have a boundary and still be nice. Emily's parents, even with their boundary, saying, hey we're not paying anymore. We're not paying for lawyers. We're not going to support you. We're not giving you rent checks. We're not going to give you a car to drive. We're not sending you money to fly home. You know, if they're saying financially, hey, we are done, well, guess what? They can still go visit her in jail. They can write her letters. They can bring treats when they see her. Or let's say she's living on the streets because her life choices have really led her that deep and low. They can invite her to Sunday dinner every week. They could bring her a warm coat, pack her a lunch, write letters, gather notes from family, tell her they love her. They can maintain their relationship. And the warmth and kindness in their relationship even with that boundary. And there's something kind of magical and tricky to understand about boundaries, but when you've set a clear boundary that you can enforce, it opens up a lot of room for compassion in your heart. It frees up a lot of your angsty energy to instead work on improving the relationship. Just because you set that awkward boundary with your neighbor and the dog... It doesn't mean that you have to now avoid your neighbor and have all these ill feelings and awkward feelings about it. It actually means you should say, hi Fido, when he's out there and hello to your neighbors. And you can do that because you won't secretly be seething inside and hating that dog for pooping on your lawn. You actually can go out of your way to be friendlier and maintain that relationship, even with a firm boundary in place. When you remove yourself from someone yelling at you, it leaves you with some compassion in your heart to later say, hey, how was your day? Or what's going on for you? Is something wrong? And there's there's a beautiful word of scripture that explains this. And whether you think of scripture as inspired or just beautiful fiction, which, side note, in my high school English class, we had a whole unit on the Bible as literature. It was lovely. Anyway, there's a statement given in the Doctrine and Covenants when they're talking about appropriate use of power. And the words say, quote, Reproving betimes with sharpness, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. So it's saying that at times you need to speak up with sharpness. You get to set a boundary with sharpness. And then... In other areas, in other parts of that relationship, you show forth some love, show some compassion. That will improve your relationship and kind of hilarious that it makes it less likely that that person will become your enemy. You don't want to start a neighbor feud with your neighbor over that dog. So be friendly. Let them know that it's not personal. It's just about keeping your lawn clean. So this scriptural statement, my friends, sums up just about everything you ever need to know about how boundaries don't have to be mean. Because if after you've set a boundary, you're worried that it might hurt your relationship, all you have to do is show forth love or at least warmth in the case of your neighbors and coworkers, etc. Now, my friends who have families in crisis, going back to the drug issue, seem to have their minds blown when I suggest that being extra nice in their relationship with their loved one makes all the difference. Even if they're not being quote unquote nice by paying for things, offering money, getting them lawyers, providing lodging. When a family is in crisis, they are kind of in crisis mode and fear that drawing a boundary will ostracize their loved one forever. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can set clear, healthy boundaries that protect you and your life and then show forth love and maintain the relationship in all the other ways around that. So as we close here today, remember that the very best boundaries are clear and enforced. They're businesslike and those boundaries are followed up with love or at least warmth. Thanks, you guys, for joining me. I hope that you can build better boundaries in your own life and I'd love to hear about it anytime. Visit www.elanajo.co for show notes and random photos along with any handouts mentioned in this episode. Find elanajo.co on Instagram for daily big picture reminders and join the big picture email list for an occasional pick-me-up in your inbox from Elena Joe. Thanks for joining us.